0: Welcome to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Ben Slinger, and with me as always is Trevor Scott.
1: Why, thank you.
0: Hello. Thank you for the lovely introduction. Okay, I was going to say I didn't give you anything, I just said your name. Uh, But that's fine, if you want to thank me, you're welcome. You're welcome, Trevor Scott. Trevor Scott. Trevor Scott. So, uh, this is episode 98, I believe, if we end up putting these out in the order that we record them. Uh, We have packs coming up, and we're going to do some extra recordings there, including our episode 100. We've got some
1: great guests lined up for it. as long as they turn up. We're not going to say what they are, just in case we have to change at the last minute. (laughs) <laughs> and for those who are going to PAX, you're not going to hear this
0: in time, so I'm not going to say anything about us, well, about me representing uh, BitStorm on the party mode on Saturday night at 8pm, because you missed it. Uh uh-uh. Anyway.
1: Let's hope that you actually
0: turned up. Yay. Yeah, let's hope I wasn't, I don't know, drunk. I don't know what would happen. Uh, let's play some ramped up click pitch.
1: Do you want to do the honours? Okay, so ramped up click pitches where we've got a random phrase generator where we get an, a supposed adjective and noun. I did use little um, air quotes there because I think most of the time it's just a bloody noun and a noun. Another noun. Um, yeah, it gets a bit weird sometimes. Either way, we both get two words. We mash them together. We come up with a game design. And then if we don't like it, we throw it away and start again.
0: Yeah, let's do it. Three, two, one click. Click. You go first. Craftiest hobgoblin.
1: <laughs> adulterate routing. <laughs> R O O or R O U? R O O. Okay. If it was R O U, it would be routing, not routing. Well, because I'm say, Australian and I call it a route. I know. Some people <laughs> say it's a router, routing, not a still. router. Because a router here in Australia is something very different.
0: Well, we're about to talk about it, I assume. Uh-huh. Um, adulterate. <laughs> Well, wait, so, uh, um, adulterate. Yes. Is to contaminate something. Is it? Yes. So, Mm. it's not quite the same as adultery, which is to bone someone's spouse.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, adulterate rooting, that, and craftiest hobgoblin. I mean- I, I'm, I'm starting to think- I'm starting to see, <laughs> like, um, what the- what's it called? The ver- um, the example that they gave to use, the brewer is said to adulterate his beer. I kind of like the craftiest Hobgoblin being maybe a beer brewer. <laughs> <laughs>
0: He's like a hipster craft brewer. Yep. <laughs> All right. And then what's the rooting? Um, adulterate rooting. Is he, is he, like, using some sort of mystical root? Yes. to to adulterate the beer. Yes, and to completely it, give it fuck fantastical it. <laughs> properties or Well, I mean it it heals you, but it it just it you can't taste the hops then, yeah. like it's shit. It says render something poor in quality
1: by adding another substance. In other words, yeah. to fuck it by adding another substance. <laughs> by, by by rooting it.
0: Yes. Root it with a root. All right, so what's the what's the gain here then? Is this like, is part of the gameplay brewing this beer? Like, that could be cool. A medieval beer brewing game. Oh, yeah.
1: I like that.
0: Is it a sort of. You get to upgrade your. You know, your. Your stuff. I've brewed beer. I should know these things. What's the name of
1: the things? Yeast, barley, hops, water. Well, I was more Malt. thinking.
0: I was more thinking the uh, equipment. Ah, equipment. So you've got your big. You've got your big boiler mm-hmm. to boil, or your. Or your barley, or your hops, or whatever. You know, you've got your. Um, Um, fuck, you kettle. That's the same thing that I just said. I am not good enough at- I do not know enough about brewing. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) this is going off the rails. Maybe we will just talk about ingredients. No, but, uh, you know, so you've got all your equipment. You can upgrade it in different things. So, is this sort of a selling slash crafting- well, literally craft brewing- Um, game where you've got, like, customers coming in? Um, I and think because sort of asking for things, and you've got to, like, keep the right things in stock.
1: It's in this sort of env- environment where, you know, it's not- Beer it isn't an instantaneous product that you can make. So, basically, you're making product, like, you know, sort of yeah, five to, weeks like, in advance. Yeah, you have to, predict
0: the demand. Yeah, you have to predict the demand. I love this idea that- Because, like, one of the mainstays of, of sort of a fantasy world is the tavern. Um Like, just the sort of hard asked. Tavern, dirty. You know, that's where all the the heroes go, and it's filthy, and they're drinking mead or whatever. I love the idea of this
1: as like the alternative to that. This is like the craft brewery across the road. Okay, so what if this was? Because um, hobgoblin, I kind of like the fact that this is fantasy beer. Fantasy beer can be made quicker by adding root ingredients. Basically, the root helps cook it and and sort of uh,
0: okay. instantly. But it's chilled, not as good. But it's it, it's it alters the quality.
1: Uh, alters the quality depending on. How much root you actually put into it?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that because then you've got a bit of a trade-off between oh shit, like the demand. I kind of like the our- idea
1: of made-to-order beer.
0: Well, well, I don't think it should be completely made. To- I think I still like I still like the idea of having to predict your your um, product that's going to be popular, right? Um, and you know, you can add add extra from you know fermenters or whatever to have multiple um, batches going at the one time because you know that you know historically come winter. The Usador Ale is uh, very popular, <laughs> but you're also trying out, you know, a, a new Dumbledore um, cider. So, <laughs> but if you want to get it, like, you know, you didn't get, maybe you don't have the two, you know, uh, fermenters yet. So you have to do one after the other. So you add some of your your quick fermenting route um, to get through that part of the process quickly. You know, but you do and get them into bottles, uh, that that sort of thing. But you still, then you've got the stock of that. And if you predicted wrong, then you know you're not going to do as well this winter, and um, and it's all going to go to waste. It's going to be taking up room while you could be making money off other
1: stuff. Okay, so are you? What sort of gameplay are you are you picturing? Are you having to select ingredients from a list and put it together, or are you physically handling these ingredients, i.e. VR?
0: No, look, you could do some interesting stuff in VR, but I was kind of thinking of it of, of it as a bit more of a traditional sort of, not even necessarily seeing your character in the world, more of a, you've got your different screens, which are the different areas of your brewery, and you can kind of place, place you've got slots for things that you can place things down for your equipment, and for like the front, out the front, where people actually drink, and you can maybe offer food, and I think that... Initially, you are literally having to serve the customers as they come in. So, there's a bit of kind of like a cook, serve, delicious sort of- oh, yeah, you have yeah. to- You know, it's fairly, it's fairly straightforward, but you've got to select the right one. You've got to like open it. You've got to pour it. You know, stop at the right time. Try to get the perfect pour. But later on, you can like hire people to do that for you if you want, or you can hire people to work at the back as you grow.
1: But I, I like I like the idea that pretty much what you're doing is you're adding these routes in to make the whole process cheaper. So yeah, well, so you,
0: I mean, cheaper and just getting you're more you're sacrificing products.
1: quality for, for quantity, and and the, yeah. and the speed yeah. in which you can get it out.
0: Yeah, but you're not you're not going to get your customers aren't going to be as happy with the result. Uh, so you know, if you're able to, once you get to the point where you can have you know multiple pieces of equipment going at the same time, you might want to leave. Okay, I'm gonna not I'm gonna not adulterate this uh, this brew this batch. Because I want a really, you know, a really nice one. And I've, I've sort of started making it soon enough that I know it's going to be right at the peak at the right time. And I'm going to make a ton of money and make all my customers happy. You know, you get tips more if it's higher quality, that sort of thing. Okay. And yeah, just obviously the whole
1: fantasy layer over the top. You could have some really fun stuff. Um, I've just read that the archaic adjective definition mm. is not pure or genuine. So, I like the idea that um, you're kind of copying other people's recipes from from other- Yeah,
0: well, that could be an aspect of it, too. Other I think there's places, some- except
1: you're adding this, this mystical root that you've, you've found, and what it kind of does is, is give, give a, different, um, a different quality. So, it's not quite, not quite the same, but it's, um, it's a, cheaper, a cheaper alternative in which-
0: Well, and I think you've just got different roots, right? You've got roots that will speed up certain processes. You've got roots that will, yeah, make it taste- you know, a certain way because you know that that's what people are looking for at this time um, or that's what's popular elsewhere. So, yeah, there's a bit of, you know, having to do some spying on the uh, the, the taverns that are around the place and seeing what they're selling and, and you can try to improve on it, whether it's with the root or by doing it, you know, once you maybe once you learn the recipes or something.
1: <laughs> what I kind of love about yeah. this is, is the fact that, you know, most beer, it literally just contains you know, four main ingredients sort of thing. (laughs) So, so each, each time you, each time that you go check the ingredient list, it's like, it's the exact same four ingredients. (laughs) Well, It's just different quantities, but it's like, it's not that much different.
0: (laughs) Look at the different types. Yeah. But look at the different types of beer there are in our, in our world where there are, yeah, there are only like four different ingredients. Like it's the, it's the. It's the types that you use, it's the strain that you use, the hops or whatever, the type of hops, the different plant, you know, so it's just going to be the same thing, but you've, you add an extra ingredient, which is the, you know, the magic roots. I, I
1: just, I just really love the idea that. You have to go and investigate what the ingredients are. And every single time it comes back and it's like, you're never going to guess this. But it's water, hops, barley, <laughs> yeast, and sugar.
0: <laughs> yeah. If you hire your, like, low-quality spies, then, yeah, they're not one for details. <laughs> and they just give you- That's the first <laughs> the first time you try to do any any sort of espionage. That's what comes back. And you're just like, oh, what the f- You fucking idiot.
1: Okay. Um, three, two, one.
0: <laughs> Incandescent Occupant
1: <laughs> and this isn't actually going to be part of the um, part of the the gameplay, but it's it's actually how you have to um, how you have to envisage, envisage the game because it's got okay. the lousiest animation.
0: Is that your words? The <laughs> <Yeah>. lousiest animation. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, so it's a game jam game made by a small team who didn't have an animator. <laughs> Um and all they had was some construction paper, and they basically made South Park.
0: <laughs> well, okay, that could be interesting if you involve fire in some way, and that's where the incandescence comes from. Or, yeah, like, I don't know, animating fire badly? Anyway, maybe we won't go there. But anyway, in- incandescent occupant with some lousy animation. Um, So, I mean, incandescent just means emitting light yep. as a result of being heated. So... Yes, like, fire is incandescent, but obviously, like, light bulbs are incandescent. Ooh. So, maybe it's around, like, oh, maybe it's around knowing whether somebody is home because- or, or where somebody is in a building based on the lights
1: or something. So, what what I'm sort of picturing in my in my head is there's this, like, dark room, and the only light source is the occupant. So- I'm picturing oh, that, it's, the- okay. that it's kind yeah. of like- um, you Remember that Simpsons episode where Mr. Burns was really glowing? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I'm picturing that it's sort of like that. Your, your character just glows. Mm-hmm. But the walk okay. animations are all kind of fucked up. <laughs> just, to, just to slot that in there. Is it your
0: character or someone else's character, though? I kind of like the idea of having to track somebody based on just their incandescence.
1: Okay. So- the owner of this factory has okay. hired this, um, this incandescent security guard because he can, <laughs> he can basically save money on, yeah. on like having to provide him flashlights providing him with flashlights and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I love that you're- that's the reasoning. Sure. Makes sense. Okay. This factory, what they actually do is it's an animation factory. So they, um, they produce lots of, lots of, um, like things for comic books and all that sort of stuff. You work for um, another another comic book group, and they're trying to find out the the latest stories of of these comic book characters. So you're having to um, because I'm I'm thinking that maybe your your guys who are t- who are trying trying to do some cartoons or animation they're just really really shit at drawing. So they're they they need um, like inspiration from from the comic book media. Well, okay, so maybe build, it's, so it's it's, it's- kind of
0: like. Maybe it's something like, you know, in the, the earlier days of animation, and it was still all drawn on, on plastic cells, right? Mm-hmm. That they're trying to steal some. Like, they're trying to find out the secrets of fucking Walt Disney and how he makes his animation not lousy. Um, and so, yeah, it's basically corporate espionage.
1: You're sneaking through this factory or whatever it is, and the security guard is is lit up from, like, his skin's glowing. Yeah, yeah. I like the idea that. Almost um, alien isolation, like you're trying to sneak through, and mm. and you've got an AI who's like, if he hears a noise, he he goes and investigates the noise, and you've got to try and keep silent during these little things. And
0: okay, okay, here's something that's a bit more interesting because, like, if if he's just lit up the whole time, well, it's going to be pretty easy to see when he's coming. Does he what only if- light up
1: if he's if he suspects something?
0: Based on his mood. Or if he's horny. <laughs> Different colours. He's like a human mood ring. You could, you could have an aspect of that. I was actually going to say that maybe he's like those phosphor- phosphorant- Like, he's, it's actually phosphorus, so he, need, he, will, he will stay glowing for a while once he's been in the light. So, he could be sneaking around, but if you sort of manage to turn on lights in, in you know, strategic places, then you know he'll be lit up enough
1: uh,
0: if he comes around that corner that you'll be able to see him.
1: Oh, so his so like is like, you know, the um if you remember the old um shitty glow in the dark stickers, how you gotta give it yeah. light source before it
0: <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. yeah it it holds the light. Idea. It holds the light and then you know, and, and then gives it off over time. So if he's in the dark too long, he won't be glowing anymore and he can sneak up on you. And you'd have to you have to rely on your your hearing. <laughs> oh god. So you have to like turn on spotlights and different things without him realising that you're just trying to light him up. <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: God. Um, three to one Quick. All right, sure. Rusted knit.
0: Villainous cog. Ooh. Well, that's interesting because knit- I'm pretty sure you could describe the way cogs fit together as knitting together,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah, they knit together quite nicely.
0: Yeah, I, I think that that would be- um, a ballad use of that word, just just to be able to
1: use that in in machinery.
0: In, yeah, so it's machinery. So a villainous cog. Maybe this is maybe this is a world like this is one of these things, kind of like B movie or Inside Out or Toy Story, where it's like the life of the cog inside a you know a machine inside a grandfather clock, and one of them is a villain and he's like determined to not let this clock run or something and you're the plucky little cog and you're just a tiny cog you're a tiny you're just a tiny cog in the machine but you're going to make all the difference
1: either you're a tiny cog or you're a spring
0: Oh, or a spring okay yeah i could like like being a spring that could work really well actually because there's some good like platforming mechanics and stuff maybe it's a bit of a you know third person action platformer
1: ooh
0: when in this amazing cog world
1: in in which
0: yeah yeah it's yeah exactly not not like steampunkish but like classic Inside a clock, clock basically, like. you,
1: you you sort of yeah, got inside a clock. You've got you know sort of um, platforms that that turn with it with that little jerky sort of motion that every yeah. every second they... yeah you've got pendulums all over the place. You've got
0: yeah, totally. It's basically clock world, and yeah, the the fiction is this is what's inside this particular, or maybe it's like some well, I'm thinking it's like clock that they all revere or something.
1: I'm I'm picturing that it's actually like you you start off in this in this clock-like world that, um, is pretty much just a straight up and down sort of tower of as, as you go up, up through the cogs and all that sort of stuff. Like it's almost, you've got different casts of of cogs as you go up. I like the idea that there's a meta story on the outside that this clock that, that is, that is actually running, that you're part of is actually like a doomsday clock or something like that. And so it's like
0: the timer in like a nuclear weapon. (laughs)
1: Yeah, or it's, it's something like that, yeah. but it's, like, in this alien world, I'm thinking, but it, it's basically mm. this, this clock is counting down to when it, when it hits zero, it's- It's going to, like, destroy the planet. It destroys the planet. Now, the idea okay. that you can't even, you know, you're thinking that you're doing the right thing by trying to keep this thing going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, and this villain is trying to trying to stop the clock from running.
0: All right. That could be an interesting twist at, like, you know, the end of Act 2 or something. Um, and then you have to
1: team up. With this villainous cog to actually yeah. realise that, you know- I mean, you're you cogs, you only know about what's happening in your world, but the outside well, world- Well, that's it.
0: They- Look, I think at the beginning, everyone worships the clock, right? They're, this is what they're part of. This is what they're built to do. Um, and so, there is this whole thing at the beginning of, you know, they worship the clock. The clock is what we live for, all how the clock. Oh, shit, the clock's stopped. And it's like your intro, and, you know, someone sees the cog, cog running off-
1: and I, I picture that it's, that it's like this cog at the very top, like it's this small cog that has just disappeared from the very top. And, you know, someone says that, you know, there was a, or oh, there's two, two cogs that have, that have disappeared or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. um, maybe the, um, cause they're right at the very top, you've got like a royal family of cogs and basically the princess has been stolen or the prince has been stolen. <laughs> and everyone says, oh, it was this master okay. master cog. Who- Masked cog. <laughs> yep, I love it. I love it. But I, I like the idea that the um the princess cog is actually in on the whole thing. That's yeah, it's it's like her, her, um lower class boyfriend who who hasn't really stolen her away, but they're
0: yeah they've run off together.
1: Because they're star-crossed lovers. I mean, lovers not run sort off of thing. together,
0: but- Well, they, yeah, they are, but also they've also found that because she's the princess, she has a view, you know, outside. She gets a view outside. Maybe it's like a cuckoo clock, and she's part of the, one of the gears that get to, like, go outside what, on the end. What I love and- is
1: that you can turn it around, that everyone thinks that it's this, this villainous cog who's actually masterminded this whole thing, but it turns out that it's actually the princess who's-, who's- Yeah, well,
0: she found out- she heard the scientists outside or whatever- talking about it and she's discovered what their clock is
1: so it flips the for. script on its head sort of thing and and the princess sort of tells you and gets you to to go along with it as well and you've got to try and sabotage other things in the in the clock like,
0: yeah well then the last act you're you're getting to like yeah like take things apart
1: I, I kind of love uh, I think it's like like part the whole of the game you yeah. sort of each level that you're sort of going through, you're, you're fixing, like, a part of the clock. And, you know, exactly, you're getting better yeah. and better and better. And then when you get to the end, you and realize- And of that is,
0: like, convincing the other cogs, like, <sighs> it's all right, everything's fine. I'm going to sort it out. Get back in your spots.
1: <laughs> and so, everything's ready to go. And and that's when, like, a bigger hand sort of comes in and puts in the last, the like, another replacement cog and everything starts going <laughs> again. Right. And you've got to basically destroy everything you've, you've done so far to, to finish it off.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I like that idea of going up as a spring, and maybe you do at different times, you get to team up with other, you know, wheels and sprockets and cogs to, like, bounce them up into place and, you know, be in the right place, or, like, stretch them down, lower them slowly down by putting more weight, you know, on to stretch you as a spring. Yeah, there's a spring. Yeah. yeah different things.
1: Um, yeah. I love, cool I love, stuff love using pe- the idea of pendulums to, to boost you up a little bit oh, f- yeah. further and all this sort of stuff. And
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And just as a hazard as well.
1: Oh yeah, crossing the path, and you know you got to sort of bounce in between two cogs that are that are moving, and yeah, cool. Very one click. Yes,
0: <laughs> imprecise flasher.
1: <laughs> god, <laughs> vulgar corrective.
0: <laughs> oh god! <laughs> wow, they go together really well. <laughs> so what's I mean, we did get vulgar, so we should probably at least investigate that direction. What is so imprecise about this flasher? He just doesn't have very good aim. <laughs> he's trying to like, and look, I flashing is a horrible abuse of power and and you know disgusting. But this guy's an idiot, and he's really bad at it. Okay,
1: I'm going to take imprecise flasher in a different direction. Oh, it's probably wise. So this, as long as
0: it's still vulgar.
1: This <laughs> imprecise flasher is a lighthouse keeper. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and basically, in his drunken state, he totally fucked his lighthouse. And, right. and now, all the, like, shipping captains and all that sort of stuff are really, really fucking pissed off with this guy. And yep. so, they're basically trying to work out how to actually fix this this lighthouse to actually save, save people. All right. I like the idea that this- um, Lighthouse Keeper has actually, like, fallen ill after, mm-hmm. after like, totally fucking the lighthouse up. He's, he's sort of taken a tumble down the stairs because he was so drunk, and so he can't actually fix it. So, you've got, basically, people who who aren't used to having to fix fix a lighthouse having to come and fix it. This is a cog game all over again.
0: Um, <laughs> so, what's the gameplay? Like, you're trying to fix the lighthouse, or are you trying to- Like, I was thinking maybe something around having to- Deal with the imprecise flashing of the lighthouse to not like yeah I don't know to use that in some way
1: okay so maybe the impreciseness is actually to make this uh, lighthouse actually work it's just a series of mirrors that have to be lined up in a certain way hmm and okay okay so it sort of becomes a puzzle game sort of thing of having to try and try and work out what the what the configuration of mirrors is to to keep it going all right
0: All right, I like the idea then that it's- yeah, I like the idea of it as as a puzzle game, and that it keeps getting more and more complex. So, the first thing you have to do is just, like, we need to get this fucking light back on. And so, it's literally just, like, get the bulb in, shine it up into the mirror that's up the top, and get it on, right? Pointing one direction, it's not moving, but it's on. That's, like, your first level- and then, yeah, you have to do things like, all right, we need to fl- like flash it at certain frequencies or we need to point it in a certain direction. And so, you do need to put down or like start using additional mirrors. We will probably will have, would have cogs and things like you have to start building up this machinery, but it's done in such a way that you start learning how to do sort of different things like, yeah, like the frequency of the flashing, of the, the frequency of the rotation, the brightness, um, the color.
1: So, the next thing that I like about it, is mm. that if you like do a shit job, you get sworn at by all the um salty ship captains going by.
0: Right, hence vulgar. Hence yeah. vulgar.
1: They're like fucking mm-hmm. fix it, you cunt. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, or they just switch, crash and die. Like <laughs> probably be swearing <laughs> on the way too. Uh, um, yeah, that could be that could be pretty interesting. I think if you if you did it well, if
1: you did it well. <laughs>
0: I mean, you could say that about every one of our games, I suppose, over the past 98 episodes. Yeah, pretty much. But that's why we don't try to do it. We just think about it, and
1: then we go, three, two, one, click. Like now, three one click. <laughs> okay. Want me to go? Tell me. Yes. Powdered counsellor. <laughs>
0: Gigantic turf.
1: As in... Like, grass turf. Oh, God. The, powdered counsellor. I that, mean, that
0: goes together very the well. The first
1: thing that came to my head was that he was- It's just a counsellor on coke. But then I then I thought, no, <laughs> this is- um, This could actually be a little bit, you know, more gruesome in the fact that, you know, he was killed and then turned into powder.
0: <laughs> oh, well, I was—I thought you were just going because there's the whole powdered wig thing that, like, lawyers would wear.
1: No, no, account- definitely not. No. Is I, I not to, where you were going? I went to almost- Maybe it's maybe it's a future in where in where like councils are, are almost non-existent. So you've got basically a powdered counsellor. You you sort of put down a bit of powdered, throw a bit of water on it, and turns into a counsellor that <laughs> just lives for a small what amount of time, fuck? <laughs> just to like make a decision on some political matter. <laughs> well, I was thinking high school counsellor. Like,
0: <laughs> oh, okay. See, we're going in very different directions. There's too many different versions of councillor. All right. Wait, so is it S-E-L or C-I-L? C-I-L. Okay, so that's not actually high school counsellor, but we can go whichever way we want.
1: Uh, I see counsellor and I just go, eh, that's what I thought of. Yeah. (laughs) Stupid English.
0: (laughs) So, what's that got to do with a large area of grass?
1: Gigantic turf. (laughs) So, yeah, you could go a lawyer game in which you've got- like well okay okay and, um it's
0: maybe this is about like a homeowners association and the head of the homeowners association considers themselves a bigwig pun intended mm-hmm um, to the point that he literally has a powdered wig and makes everyone call him counsellor. <laughs> like, he runs he runs the Homeowners Association, me- association meetings like the Supreme Court.
1: Uh, I'm, just, I'm just picturing, like, you go over to his house and you bring, you bring your, your food and all this sort of stuff and it, it gets going. And then all of a sudden, like, he goes, okay, now come into the dining room. And you go, you go into the dining room and he's already got the wig on and he's sitting
0: there. He's got the wig on. He's got a gavel. <laughs> totally. So yeah, I, I kind of like that setup, and maybe it's sort of a bit of a, I guess, a narrative sort of thing where you are one of the, um, or, you know, you're the one of the people who lives in this area. Yeah, so you're, you're like a,
1: a tenant of the of the.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, you either own a home in the area and that, and thus are subject to the homeowners association or like rules, whatever they call that. I don't know. Are you aware of that whole thing? Because Body in the states, Britain there's literally stuff. like. Rule, like, you move into a neighbourhood and the homeowners Association, like, sets the rules on, like, yeah, so how long your grass can be and how high your fence can be and whether you've got shit in your yard. So,
1: my parents uh, moved to a, a place that is controlled by a body corporate. And, yeah, okay, yeah. And so, similar, that's yeah. effectively the same sort of thing. I mean, you have a look at their yeah. place and there's streets and all that sort of stuff, but they're not- the streets aren't actually owned by the council. It's owned by right. the body corporate.
0: They're privately- yeah, okay. So- And do they have tons of rules that they have to abide by? They have, to have tons of by? rules,
1: but they've, they've got- sort of rules that they've put in place about what they'll spend their money on, like, you know, regarding fences and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, okay. But now I'm just picturing, like, you have barbecue over at Dave's place and you're going through and someone someone says something about a, a rule change. And then all of a sudden, the guy with the with the powdered wig just turns up with the powdered wig on and he goes, okay,
0: now do it. <laughs> Yeah, totally. I think it's just this ridiculous <laughs> character and everyone else is just like, what the fuck is going on with Frank? Uh, he's just power tripping. Uh, I love the idea yeah oh I love the idea that there's a barbecue going on and the smoke heads in a certain direction and you just see his head pop up over the fence with a wig on <laughs> <laughs> rules 37b subsection a says that you know there can be you know just, uh, barbecues can only be done for one hour per day on weekends when the weather's between
1: <laughs> and smoke must blow in it uh, you can yeah, o- you can yeah, only barbecue when, a- when the wind is blowing in the southwesterly direction <laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly <laughs>
1: It's all these archaic rules that you look, that you don't know about
0: <laughs> so I wonder if this is a murder mystery, and this guy gets killed, and like I don't want to kill off a character like that too early, but maybe there like maybe there are a lot of flashbacks and that sort of thing where, that you play through as well as you sort of unravel this murder in this sort of Ooh. this small suburban ta- like um you know estate or whatever
1: uh, so i like the I like the idea that you play one of the um one of the neighbors. Yep. and it's during the investigation of the um, murder, and some of the scenes are actually set in your integ- interrogation. So okay. you've got someone yep. else interrogating you, asking you questions, and each each time they yep. say something, you go into a scene to um to play yeah, something to like else establish yeah, this-
0: give some exposition, you play through it. I'm thinking just almost point and click adventure, you know? yeah. Um, or a, you know, a more modern, you know. Uh, Interpretation of that with you could do it sort of fully 3D and walking around, yeah, but basically, yeah. you're talking to people, you're picking up inventory,
1: perhaps. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm yeah. kind of liking the idea of being able to go pick up a sausage and, and eat it, and you're talking <laughs> to Dave, and yeah, totally. And then you know, the wind changes direction, and then all of a sudden he pops his head up, and, <laughs> and it's like, um, yeah, and everyone gets annoyed, and, you, and you everyone can gets annoyed, describe- and it
0: cuts back to the interrogation, and it's like, and you were pretty pissed off by that.
1: It's like, Weren't you? No, it wasn't my my barbecue. (laughs) I was just having a beer.
0: But then he told you that there was no drinking before 10 a.m. on a Sunday. and That pissed you off, didn't it?
1: (laughs) That's when I said, it's five o'clock somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) And that's when he put his second wig on and he knew he was really
0: pissed off. Pissed (laughs) up enough. I don't know.
1: Uh, (laughs) Were you pissed off enough to murder him?
0: Nah. (laughs) (laughs) Just this totally casual Aussie guy. Nah,
1: Nah, mate. Yeah, nah. You fucking got it wrong. Yeah, nah. (laughs) I'm just having a couple of titties. Wait, did you say yeah, nah, or did
0: you say nah, yeah? Yeah,
1: Yeah, nah, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, that's just- (laughs) <laughs> it's gone into a very, very, very wrong direction. Mm-hmm. Three to one click.
0: Yeah. Uh, hottest incurable
1: prehistoric shrug.
0: Well, that's deep.
1: Yeah. Prehistoric
0: shrug. That was, uh, so the. I'm having some, some, something's percolating. Because I, th- I thought of prehistoric shrug and I was like, the extinction of the dinosaurs was the Earth just going, eh, get off. (laughs) 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 Metaphorically.
1: (laughs) Metaphorically, it was it facing a disease, so it wiped it out.
0: (laughs) And so, well, I know what I was saying is that it wasn't like, it wasn't an asteroid. The asteroid finished them off, but they're all already dying from this,
1: like, super virulent disease, like virus. But you said hottest, so I think the way that it combated it was it- Globally warmed itself. (laughs) Oh god! (laughs) So
0: yeah, okay. I like. That's interesting too.
1: Is that? Ooh, ooh, ooh! Another idea percolating. Yeah. So it's in the far distant future, Mm -hmm. and it's the civilization of of people who who are like investigating like some fossils that they found, and all this sort of stuff, and they're going through and. But somehow they, they can actually work out that there was this prior civilization, basically, where I'm going to. And mm-hmm. it's actually in the far distant future of Earth. I'm thinking yeah. you can have it as, as like an alien looking, looking sort of planet. But well, yeah, just-
0: presumably this is the like- This is millions of years in the future where the survivors of our demise, uh, that may not be humans. Yeah. Uh, they might be other beings-
1: yeah, like they descended from insects into- or something like that, and like cockroaches yeah, exactly. who survived the survived the thing yeah. and they built up the and- same
0: yeah, exactly. The same way we're descended from creatures who, you know, who survived the previous great extinction events.
1: So, um, but yeah. I, I just like the idea of being able to sort of say that no matter what happens to to the earth, technically the earth's going to be fine. We're just fucking oh, yeah, up exactly. for ourselves. Yeah. You yeah. know, and it's the human race that's in trouble. I I like, I like the idea that you can like travel throughout these different things. At first, you you sort of seeing like these really alien sort of sort of civilizations and all this sort of stuff. They're going through all these different things, and then you break through like this outer crust into like know New York City or something like that, and you find out that yeah, it's kind of like a end of Planet of the Apes. You know, you maniacs, right?
0: You maniacs, yeah. Except it's just like oh, interesting because <laughs> they're just scientists. It's like, wow, we found,
1: we found this um this ancient civilization. It's an ancient civilization.
0: Yeah, I do like the idea of revealing that slowly. So, yeah, you start off and you're just playing this alien looking to us, alien- Yeah,
1: and so um, and so they're investigating, you know, what what came in the before times and all yeah. this sort of stuff, and I, I like the idea of, you know, maybe there's a different coloured sky and all the, all the plants look, you know, totally alien and fucked up. Because
0: the atmosphere's just changed so drastically. Yeah, it's,
1: it's like- yeah. Um, I don't know, it's a helium-rich helium atmosphere. I kind of like the idea of that. <laughs> that it's what? A helium-rich atmosphere instead of a nitrogen-rich atmosphere. So, right. everyone talks I mean, I'm like, not
0: sure if the scientists are, science are in that, but sure.
1: I, I like the idea of all the characters talking, like, really, really high. <laughs> well, the characters who live there probably wouldn't, because <laughs> their, vo- their, their vocal cords are
0: meant for that. <laughs> Maybe they talk really, really low when they break through, and it, it's, like, low in helium.
1: Oh, and <laughs> I'm just trying to think in a helium rich atmosphere, you know, there's probably nothing, nothing really lighter than helium. So, um, except for hydrogen. <laughs> so, like, they, they use like hydrogen balloons and all this sort of stuff. Too. That's really dangerous. <laughs> They're just constantly blowing up zebulons. Oh, they, they can't have flame at all because helium's also <laughs> really, really flammable. So maybe they, maybe their whole thing is without fire. Like, they worked out how to do everything without. Flames.
0: Helium isn't flammable, so- Isn't
1: it? That would be okay. No.
0: That's why they use it instead of hydrogen. Yeah, I mean, that would be very difficult to live in a world without fire. Like, I don't think- Like, if if literally the smallest spark, like, (laughs) just ignites the entire atmosphere, somehow they evolved (laughs) without that happening for millions of years. (laughs) Um- no, I, I do really like that idea though, and I'm I'm picturing like right at the end. So the whole game is kind of just yeah, you're discovering this stuff and
1: finding out about this history. They're all saying that you know global warming is is a myth, and you know it. It's um, oh, the they're facing their thing.
0: own climate price cl- climate crisis, yeah. And so you're a scientist like trying to convince them that look, it's happened before. It happened millions of years ago, and they all died. And maybe the maybe the reason the atmosphere has changed is because. Um, our civilization went to drastic measures to, like, you know, sp- seed the clouds and spread particles throughout the atmosphere to sort of block the, I uh, to, like, eat up the carbon dioxide, so, I don't know, whatever. Replaced it with helium. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it, and the, and the byproduct was helium, accidentally, and that's part of what killed them, except also just- you know, floods and dying. Yeah. And, and I just,
1: and- I just love the idea that one of the final things that you, you sort of hear him say is like talking at like the UN, UN and it's like, you know, showing his, um, um, his findings. And he says, this is, this sort of thing has happened before. Look at, look at all this data, you know, as, as far as, as far as we're concerned, you know, the planet will just shrug us off. And, yeah. you know, that's sort of,
0: and then he winks at the camera because the title's called prehistoric, prehistoric Shrug.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, He's like, like get it. Sort of telling a story <laughs> about you know, guess what? This whole thing is is actually something is happening to the world, and yeah, well, look, telling like the, truth, the world's not going to give a shit, but we are.
0: Like any good sci-fi, um, it's making it's commenting on today's society with uh, you know, science fiction, yeah. um, holding a mirror also, up to society. Also wrote a song about that once in Silver Path with our friend Rob. Yes, <laughs> all right, Where do you want- Three, two, one. Click. Portlia shawl. Interminable honk.
1: <laughs> what was yours? <laughs> portlia shawl is S-H- shawl like shawl. A-W-L. Yep.
0: A portlia
1: shawl with an interminable honk. Um, so when you said interminable, interminable honk, I was thinking <clears> this <throat> is just like the the. Asylum versus version of the Hulk. <laughs> and instead of purple shorts, he's got, like, a, a, a portly shawl that just happens to, to sit down over his genitals. <laughs> it's the what version of the Hulk? The Asylum. You, you've, you've seen the, um, you've seen the uh, like, the Asylum videos. They, they take, basically- um,
0: Oh, no. They, they take
1: They're like like the like Incredible YouTubers. Hulk and they just change a few words around and, and do a cheaper version of it. Okay. So I, I like the fact that this is this is just their version of, of the of the Incredible Hulk, and instead of the purple shorts, he's just got a portly shawl that sort of just happens to nestle over his genital <laughs> region.
0: All right, I like the idea of this being off-brand superheroes. <laughs>
1: yeah. In
0: general. Um, and so, it's does that make? All right, hang on. <laughs> Which superhero? Would have that off brand name as the Interminable Honk.
1: <laughs> well, it's, the, it's obviously the Incredible Oh, that's what Hulk. you're saying,
0: like the Incredible Hulk. Right, okay. The Interminable Honk. Right. <laughs> of course. Um, okay, so we've got the Interminable Honk. Copper Man. <laughs> Copper Man. <laughs> the the Great Divorcee. <laughs> Um, fucking pigeon eye.
1: Um, <laughs> Captain Canada. <laughs>
0: Captain Canada. <laughs> Excuse me. That's Admiral Canada. <laughs> I don't know. They're probably from completely different branches. Um, Sergeant Can- Canada. <laughs> Sergeant Canada. He's not- he's, private, he's just private Canada. He's just- He's really literally just joined. And somehow
1: he, they put him into the, uh, the revengenauts. Um doctor kind of normal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> doctor bad breath. That's just his only doctor halitosis. That's why he's straight. Like he's just a weird guy, like nobody likes him. He's just that weird guy in the office. He
1: has bad breath. I kind of like the fact that it's like it's um it's doctor silly but PhD. He's he's not actually <laughs> doctor
0: silly PhD. <laughs> He actually is a doctor. It's it's actually Doctor Silly, MD. He's not at all silly. He's the most serious one in this whole bunch, and he's just like, I hate being here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like the fact that his his names like um, oh, what's another S name that isn't Stephen, <laughs> Doctor Sam, Sam Illinois Sam or something like that. Um, and people just people just called him um silly for for short instead of. But I'm Doctor Illinois. It's like no, Doctor Silly.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: It's like I hate that name. <laughs> um, who else?
0: Uh you've got um, uh, f- uh, I'm trying to think of one for Thor. I'm trying to think of a crabbier god. <laughs> well, actually, you know what? You've, it's still Thor, but he's just. And North, like, no, he's just a guy from like Sweden. <laughs> he doesn't even have powers, but they all think he's a
1: god. You <laughs> know, Nobody- his he is Thor. Because
0: his name's Thor. And they're like, come on, Thor. We're going to defeat these aliens. And he's like, I don't have any power. What do you. No, no come on. And they just like throw him is- into is battle. Is he still
1: played by Chris Hemsworth? <laughs> he just looks like Sure. <laughs>
0: Yeah, exactly. Like he looks, yeah, he's buff, like he's huge and buff, and so they just assume that he's a Norse god. He's like, no, I'm just Swedish. God, is that even an? I don't know. Is that the right? Um,
1: <sighs> I'm, I'm just, just I'm insulted just salted a lot of people. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was trying to think of something for Daredevil that is just kind of like um. <laughs>
0: jackass. <laughs>
1: Okay, three to one click. Yeah, all right. That wasn't we even. We've got no game, game idea.
0: No, whatever. It's just like a. It's an action adventure shooter. It's just.
1: It's just a you- cheap knockoff of one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like my Marvel, really, it's- Marvel it's- Spider-Man, but with a butterfly instead. Um. <laughs> three to one click and Neuron Lizard,
0: Pesky parachute. So. It's a
1: sequel to Gex. <laughs> oh, jeez, that's something I haven't heard of in a long time.
0: <laughs> and, and and you've got a parachute. Yeah. It only works some of the time. Hence pesky. I don't really remember Gex. I think he made pop culture references.
1: Probably. It was the 90s, wasn't it? Or was it the early 2000s?
0: Uh, it was a 1994 to 1999.
1: Jesus Christ. Did you know
0: that Danny John Jules was one of the voices of Gex in one of the UK versions? Nice. <laughs> what would a modern Gex look like? Um. It's pretty, like, it's stupid and over the top and just, like, classic. Oh, because he went into TVs and shit, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Well, I'm thinking where they'd go today is they'd literally take it over the top and go, you know, fully 3D, and they would do basically what they did with the new um with the new Tomb Raiders and and change it change the entire thing to be combat instead of whatever to it be was. combat. Okay,
0: all right, okay. So he's like, uh, he's gex, and he's and now he's like the the gex in the gex games was somewhat. Anthropomorphic, but now he's like full on just a lizard man, mm-hmm. and he's a private investigator, and he goes into TV shows to like figure like to do his investigations. And it's like dark and gritty. This is this is just a ver- this is just a version of our segment where we take the do the dark and gritty version of an old game.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah.
0: So yeah, like so I think the old ones did very just broad genres, right? He go through the. You know the horror channel and the cartoon channel and the, the western channel
1: mm-hmm.
0: I think we take that sort of similar, but it's darker style like it's uh it's the no- you know you' head in, obviously it's the idea is that it's sort of noir noirish or maybe at least one of the areas is, but then you've got like the n c i s sort of thing
1: <laughs> okay uh maybe it's all different police procedurals that you go through. Okay, so what what I'm seeing is there's a scene where, um, you know how one of the, one of the things that lizards can actually do to get away from predators is lose their tail? Yes. You have like this, this scene where like he's cornered and like you've, you've got like this, um, mob boss who's just like stabbed him through the tail, um, to get, to hold him to the wall. And so he, he it's like you're having to, to do a whole heap of button presses in a, um, in like a quick, quick game to, like, rip your tail off, <laughs> you
0: know? Yeah, and it's and it's all like, spin and- around and shoot him in the head.
1: I'm, I'm just picturing just that, like- you know, you, oh! you go, rip. and it's like ah. blood just goes everywhere, oh. and, like, he just crushes this guy's head between... <laughs> it's just over the top.
0: Oh, God. He grabs his tail and whacks the guy with it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm just picturing... you got to play the rest of the game with a stump. Well, I'm thinking kind of like, if you remember the, um, the Batman Arkham games like as yeah, as yeah, you yeah. play through you oh, know different that, things happen yeah. to your to your costume um like yeah. you you get a hole in the hole in the in the cape, and from then on you know that hole would be there all the way through, and then you know you take a little chip out of out of one of your ears, and that's now that part of your costume all the yeah. way through well, different yeah. things keep on happening to him that you know he gets like shot in the shoulder and you just see blood just dripping out of it from then on. <laughs> for the whole time.
0: Does he not bandage it up at any point?
1: Maybe he bandages it up, but he has to keep on changing bandages
0: the bandages. <laughs> Quick time event
1: in the middle of battle. Ah, shit. Got to change the dressing.
0: Ooh, yeah, I God. like that. And then sort of somewhat later in the game is when you would realized, like, you've gotten used to that sort of thing happening, but you're not expecting just, like, the whole tail mm-hmm. to be gone. You just don't have the tail at all for the rest of the game um, until, like, the final level when someone gives you a cyber... Cybertronic, that's not the word, bionic tail. Uh, <laughs> Cybertronic tail, fuck it. Mm-hmm. Um, a Cybertronic tail that's got, like, more power. Because maybe actually, because if you had, um, you know, you could probably use your tail for things before you lost it. Yeah, like- and It's actually crippled you in certain ways, like, mechan- in gameplay. And, and
1: one of the things that the cybernetic tail has is, like, a, pa- a parachute in it. Right, <laughs> but, of course, yeah. The, the shitty part about it is that you've got to pack it away each time. <laughs> It's like a, like a two-minute cooldown where you literally can't even move when you hit the bottom. So, like, don't parachute into any enemies because you're fucked. You can fight, but then you're spending the next two minutes just packing it away, and you've got to do the same quick-time event every single time you want to pack it away. Yeah.
0: Oh, I love that idea. You're having to, like, switch between beating people up and it's like, all right, pack it away a bit more, pack it away. Oh, shit, they're getting too close. All right, jump back. Beat them up a bit more. Whack them with my tail. Oh, fuck, I lost my tail. The move doesn't work anymore.
1: <laughs> oh, God. Three to one click. Compensated... Aggression. Chiseled (laughs) beat, (laughs) B-double-E-T. You know what I think it's time for? (laughs) Yes. A return to the veggie world. Veggie veggie Wars? Was it the salad wars? I can't remember now. I can't remember. It's been too long. But I I like the idea that it's... It was the root vegetables versus... um, Versus the leafy vegetables, if I remember rightly. Yes, yeah. So, beets, well, they're root vegetables.
0: They're root vegetables. So, I like the idea that because this is a chiseled beet, that this is more like a Rambo game. Yes. Like, it's a one-man army sort of thing. Yeah. In that world.
1: During the the initial war. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So, anthropomorphic veggies, Um, you're a one-man army trapped in the jungle- Going up against all these different leaf vegetables, trying to save, um, trying to the save- Starch like, Wars. Starch Wars. That's right.
0: Episode, take a guess.
1: What number? 22.
0: Close. 20.
1: 20. Well on. I I'm like, when did Brendan White- Yeah. Yeah. Jeez, it's been a long time, given that, I think, what was it, 26 or so, we went to Monique the Leak, and that was the last time that we actually did this.
0: Yeah, that's a long time. So that many odd episodes. <laughs> All right. Okay, so you play a chiseled beat.
1: Um, I think he's on a mission to save, like, um, some other root vegetables. Root vegetables. That- okay.
0: Or at least at the beginning, that's that's how you start off. You get well, dropped
1: into the battlefield. I'm thinking that they're like POWs sort of thing. So, um, yeah, exactly. You've yeah. escaped, and now you're going back. You're going back in to um, to save your com- compadres.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. So what? What sort of moves do you have? Is it classic?
1: Just like you've got a big fucking knife and a huge gun.
0: Um, I can't even remember whether we had any different ways of them fighting in this or not. But
1: yeah, I, it's been too long, so I think this is this is going back to like a typical sort of Rambo game. I'm thinking maybe. Ran- so, kind of- Based off of Rambo 3-ish, so you've-
0: I literally haven't even seen the Rambo games. I've read yeah, Rambo movies. No. I just know that he, like, cl- like jumps out of the water and cl- jumps out of trees and slits
1: people's throats. Yeah, so- Something like that. Th- think of think of um, almost, like, The End of Predator and, yeah, you know, yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger in that, and you've almost got the same character. Um, yeah. yeah, so, oh, I'm-, I'm loving the idea of this one-man army versus- Everyone else.
0: Just tearing leaves off left and right.
1: <laughs> yeah. So what sort of structures are there? I am I'm, I'm picturing, you know, that it's not necessarily gonna be human style structures. Like there's like
0: trellises. I'm trying to think what else did, do you- did we fountains. was this actually
1: based after like all the humans had died out sort of thing? I
0: cannot remember. It doesn't matter. No. We'll just we'll just take it from where we can get it. Yep. Um yeah, I think I think all their structures... Because it's like, he's going above ground, right? They live below ground, the root vegetables. So, he's going above ground, and it's all these, this garden-based world. So, yeah, it's like fountains and trellises and paving stones and fucking garden gnomes.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm just loving this ruins of this old, like, human civilization that you're seeing from, yeah, from really the low leafy, down. Yeah, but I
0: think the leafy vegetables have... Have re like claimed a lot of it as well, and they're using it for their own stuff. And they've even maybe tried to build some themselves because they're basically like we're taking over the overworld. You fucking root vegetables can stay underground. Oh
1: yeah, I'm I'm just picturing like the aesthetic of of like these uh, towering garden gnomes that have got like slightly chipped faces and all this sort of stuff. They're oh, like yeah, yeah. They're basically to like huge. The size of of you, so yeah,
0: they're like the huge statues that you'd see anywhere- Yeah.
1: Um I'm picturing totally. different bosses, like uh one massive boss that I am picturing is like a pumpkin. Because, you know, they're they're above ground and all that sort of stuff. And I'm, I'm picturing mm. that they're
0: They're kinda like Yeah, the where do the gourds come in?
1: <laughs> um I think they get to choose their side because they're over they grow above ground. They kinda get yep. to choose which side. Um so you've got carrots yeah, sure. on your side, you've got turnips, you've got potatoes, you've got um
0: so I think there's a I think there's a big reveal when you get to where the the, the POWs are, uh, and you find out that they're actually not soldiers; that they've taken baby carrots, uh, <laughs> oh, and they're keeping no. them
1: hostage. Oh, holding them hostage! And you have got this massive lettuce and, and a cabbage.
0: Oh yeah, God, <laughs> yeah. Just they're the big henchmen.
1: I'm just picturing how much bigger <laughs> these lettuces are than than this beet. Sure, it's chiselled and, and all beet? this sort of stuff. Beets don't get massive compared to, compared to lettuces. No, lettuces no. can be like-
0: it's, They're at least like- Yeah. Giant you know, size. Three times perhaps, higher, yeah. four times higher than them. Yeah. For sure. For sure. But that's why they're a boss.
1: So, you're going up against- Oh, what else is some good good fodder that you can go up against? Um, I like the idea that you got apples and-, and
0: Oh, the fruit? Does the, does the fruit
1: come the in? The fruit come in and have joined <laughs> their above ground brethren-
0: yeah, I mean, look, the the root vegetables are really the underdogs here, yeah. like, pun intended, uh, the underground dogs, uh, because they're they're just so outnumbered as
1: well. Yeah, I really like being, the idea. They're that being
0: oppressed.
1: I really like the in- idea that maybe there's some underground stuff that you can do, sort of like guerrilla war- warfare, where where your beak can actually dig tunnels really quickly and sort of sneak in behind. Oh, totally. Maybe they've like got
0: pet moles and shit and worms and yeah.
1: Yeah, I like, that. Um, I, I like that. Maybe
0: they, they, the moles. The moles are their mounts. Like they literally ride moles around.
1: I like the idea that maybe there's some there's some fruit that is on your side. Kind of like um, maybe the berries are actually on your side, like blackberries and blueberries and that sort of okay. stuff.
0: They've defe- like they've decided that they're
1: they don't like the impressive <laughs> impressive way that yeah. the um, that the leafy vegetables yeah, see allies, themselves over yeah. the top of everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. And. Um, I <laughs> the idea that you got double agents, and one of the, the <laughs> double agent is a tomato. <laughs> is it fruit? Is it vegetable? Nobody knows. I <laughs> just like the idea that that you've got like tomatoes, and and you know that it's it's classed as a fruit, but it's really a vegetable. <laughs> you place both oh sides. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, one of one of the groups that you go up against is like. The Fruit salad
0: <laughs> Like, oh God, Wait, fruit salad is literally just like a pile of dismembered corpses. That's horrible. Maybe maybe it's like an elite group of soldiers, and they just call themselves the fruit salad, yeah, and it's like a bunch of fruits. It's like an apple, a banana, grapes, some grapes,
1: It's like a bunch of grapes,
0: or it's like, oh my five God, grapes
1: going up yeah. against fucking watermelon. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Those things are fucking huge. I feel like a-
0: Yeah. That's interesting. I feel like a watermelon's almost like a huge animal. Like, it's like a giant fucking rhinoceros kind of elephant thing that they- It's being ridden by other fruit and vegetables into battle. Oh,
1: Jesus Christ. I'm I'm just- I'm just picturing, like, this graphical- Graphical style of this over-the-top Dark Souls-esque battles where you're going in against these massive- Massive fruit and vegetables that you gotta yeah, to sort totally. of destroy, and um, they've got different attacks, and you you're rolling all over the place and doing guerrilla warfare throughout, and
0: that'd be really cool. Yeah, I
1: really like it's this. Like
0: digging tunnels and popping up and tearing off
1: fucking leaves, leaving them screaming. So it's um, Starch Wars, the beginning. <laughs> St- <laughs> it's <laughs> it's Starch Wars.
0: The Phantom Menace. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think we'll finish it there. I'm now picturing, now picturing this is in the middle where they're talking about mini and that's the reason why vegetable, like the the leafy vegetables, you know, hate the because um... <laughs> <laughs> they've got too many midichlorians. Uh okay.
0: All right, I think we'll leave it there for this week's episode of Bitstorm. Thank you for joining us, as usual. If you want to find us online, best place to go is just podchaser.com slash bitstorm. You can find uh, our Facebook there, our Twitter there, our Instagram there,
1: our YouTube there. Our website. Our iTunes there, our website there. All the good stuff. Yep. Um, We'd like to thank our friends at the AGPN, the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network. They're awesome people. Give a listen to some we'll give- of their podcasts. Uh, search yeah, for definitely. hashtag AGPN on Twitter or the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network on Facebook. They're doing a lot of stuff at PAX that you've just missed. Which is over. Yeah. So hopefully Next you turned year. up some of it. <laughs> um, and finally, we'd like to thank Kuradas for the song Mount Defines off of the album Containment Failure. Sorry, I had to hiccup in the middle of that. <laughs>
0: That's right. So, thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. Honk crush!